This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same-game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. I'm Brian Goldfinger of Goldfinger Injury Lawyers. Is your insurance company forcing you to go back to work when your doctors say you can't? If this sounds familiar, look no further than my law firm. Visit goldfingerlaw.com and get us working for you. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I'm your host, William Liu, speaking to you. After the Toronto Raptors wrapped up a very fun victory on Friday night at Scotiabank Arena, winning by a score of 122-105, to defeating the Brooklyn Nets. Um, it wasn't a revenge game by any means. I mean, who cares to lose to the Nets early in the year? But the Raptors did lose an OT to the Nets. And uh, the Nets have been playing some pretty good basketball of late. They've uh, put themselves into playoff positions. So that's really nice, especially since, um, you know, they lost Karis LeVert. And just really unfortunate how that happened. But, I mean... Man, the Raptors just dominated them. I mean, to be fair, I don't think Brooklyn played their best game. Um, I've seen Brooklyn play a lot harder. I've seen Brooklyn be a lot sharper. And today they just, you know, D'Angelo Russell had it, and he was really hot early on. And it kind of reminded me of a game last year where um, I think D, uh, D'Lo had like seven threes in the first quarter, something crazy like that. I mean, it was nuts. But the Raptors came back to win that one, and it was kind of the same thing here. The, the Nets came out out. The Raptors decided, okay, we're going to play defense now. Uh, the next two quarters, the Raptors held the Nets. So the Raptors conceded 35 points in the first quarter. You know, um, D'Angelo was really going off. And then, you know, decided to start playing some defense on Vic Mensa. And all of a sudden, the Raptors held the Brooklyn Nets to just 40 points over the second and third quarters combined. Meanwhile, the Raptors got a ton of uh, transition points off those stops and scored 71 points of their own over the second and third quarters. And that was the game. I mean, Raptors led by 24 heading into the fourth quarter. The starters didn't have to play any of it. The bench got to play extended minutes. Even C.J. Miles got to play seven minutes and missed three more shots to remind us that, yeah, C.J. is just, you know, cursed. Um, But, I mean, in the end, you got eight Raptors uh, finishing double digits. You got 32 assists as a team. The Raptors only turned it over nine times, which is difficult. The Nets are very pesky. Although, I feel like they weren't. They were without some of their best guys. I mean, like, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson usually is a pretty good uh, pesky guy, things like that. But, you know, the Raptors, you know, held on to the ball. They executed. They played great defense. They didn't even hit that many shots, really. They only shot 11 of 35 from deep. No McDonald's for you. Uh, And also 15 of 24 from the free throw line, which is only 62%. And the Raptors really only shot 46% overall. It was just the Raptors um, were able to get so many transition opportunities, and they were able to... It's weird to, when you look at the shooting percentages because the Raptors got a lot of offensive rebounds as well. And ultimately, they ended up taking uh, 105 shots as compared to 85 shots for the Nets. And um, that was the difference in the game. The Raptors won it on possessions, basically. And uh, it's a feel-good game all around. There's a lot of highlights. Um, a couple of just notes before we go to the three stars. Um, first off... Uh, one emerging trend of late has been Kawhi's connection with Pascal Stiakam. Something I highlighted in that Hawks game um, earlier this week where, you know, uh, in that game, Kawhi was setting up in the post and he found Pascal cutting baseline for a couple of plays like that. 
Today it was in transition, Kawhi with a no look dime to Pascal Siakam. Kawhi Leonard is it's hilarious because he is so emotionless on dunks and things like that. Like he just like you know what I mean? Like the most exciting plays, a chase down, double chase down block against Boston. Like the no looks too. Like there's no celebration from him. Like even the most muted. If he does celebrate, it's really muted, like in that Hawks game, right? Like, you know, surge dunks or whatever. And there's that picture of Jeremy Lincoln hitting in the head with a ball and then also Kawhi Leonard, like, silently fist pumping. Like, that's about as excited as he gets. He doesn't really put flair in what he does. It's a real, like, straight to the point, I'm just going to score, I'm going to stop you, and, and, and that's it. I'm going to go home and probably stay inside because it's cold as shit right now. Um but Kawhi ends up doing a no look. I mean, a look away. I'm not sure it was a no look or look away. I think it was a look away. But um, find Siakam uh, in transition for a dunk, and then a couple, you know, minutes later, Kawhi gets to stop. He comes up with a loose ball, and then immediately throws a hitter head to Pascal Siakam. I'm, t- I'm thinking like Kyle Lowry esque um, efficiency and, and daring in terms of just like throwing that quick pass, hit ahead. Pascal catches it. Um, you know. I think there was a guy on him, but he sort of he was just bigger and he he laid it up and you know how Pascal is in transition, he's money and so that's nice to see those two guys are the Raptors' two best scorers this year and they really need to get some like a good connection going because you know before it was sort of like Pascal get a turn and then Kawhi will get a turn and you know you'd like to see them sort of play off of each other and you know I I think Kawhi's playmaking just generally has really improved over the last couple of weeks it's really been a mandate of the team and you know the Raptors have been on the road a lot so they haven't been able to practice that much and there's some injuries and shit like that but um you know I think Kawhi has really sort of taken on more of the playmaking uh, responsibilities obviously he can get his own shot whenever he wants but sort of um, how he can sort of allow the rest of the team to play off of him and I think right now you're seeing Kawhi and Siakam having some chemistry which is great uh, you're also seeing Kyle and Pascal have some chemistry, which is not a surprise whatsoever. Um, you know, the Raptors went to a very unorthodox 4-1 pick and roll where Pascal was the ball handler and Kyle would go set the ball screen. And basically the whole point of the ball screen was just to sort of delay Jared Allen a little bit because, um, you know, Pascal was it, – it's hard to finish over, you know, Jared Allen. He's blocked – I mean, he blocked Kawhi today, for example, right? But he – I mean, it was on a layup, but whatever. Um you know, he's blocked LeBron, he's blocked Blake Griffin, he's blocked uh, Anthony Davis. Um, this one other guy he blocked, Giannis, right? So, like, he's blocked, like, literally the best finishers in the game. So, you know, as much as Pascal's a great finisher and a great driver, he could use some help in that matchup. And so I thought using Kyle as a screener was really clever because it kind of brought Allen higher up the paint than he really wanted to and also kind of delayed him. So Pascal got a beat. Go to the basket. You can lay it up. I think they ran that play twice. It worked both times. Pascal got to the rim for layups. So, you know, just a clever design overall. I also thought that it was very smart that the Raptors went to Greg Monroe a lot in the post when the Nets would show zone. And it looked... It's not a surprise that the teams would zone the Raptors. I really thought it would happen more often. I just think most teams don't have zone in their defensive packages. But, um, you know, the Raptors are not a very good three-point shooting team, especially off the bench. So, like... It's not a surprise that the Nets went to zone. And, um, you know, when that happened, though, the Raptors were consistently able to deliver the ball to Greg Monroe in the post. And, you know, th- that puts the defense at, uh, at um, in a scramble mode, right? Because, like, look, it's easier when the defense, like, when the offense is in front of you, the ball is in front of you, people are swinging the perimeter. Like, it's easy to play zone in that situation. It's a lot harder when the ball is in the post. And so all of a sudden people are turned around. They're not covering man-to-man. There's a lot more opportunities for back cuts. You know, Monroe's a really good passer. He found OG for a uh, backdoor cut. OG was able to reverse finish two hands. Um, 
But also Monroe was able to score in the post one-on-one if he needed to. You know, no one was open. Usually he would find somebody open for in the corners for three or, you know, Norm was driving and stuff like that. I mean, cutters, again, it's easy to – it's a lot easier to beat a zone when you have the ball in the post. But, um, you know, and the one other luxury with Monroe is, that, look, look, he's bigger than a guy like Ed Davis. And Ed Davis is still a twig. I mean, he's been that way since the Raptors drafted him, you know, way back when, I think 2011. But, um, yeah, I mean, Monroe would just sort of – bully him and then get to the rim and, and, and put up the layups. I mean, Monroe's very efficient in his in his minutes, and it's not a surprise he was a plus 16 in just 15 minutes. A lot of that was him busting the zone, so that was nice to see, but overall, man, I mean, good game all around. Ibaka had a couple moments where he fired up the crowd. We got an offensive rebound after Kawhi tried to go in for a layup, and then Serge got the rebound, and he finished, and he kind of like elbowed Damari in the face, and then finished the layup and screamed at the crowd. It was was a lot of great moments, really. It's a feel-good win. Kawhi continued his uh, 20-point streak. It's now 18 straight games. The man has scored 20 points. I don't feel like we're appreciating that enough. 18 straight games of 20 or more, right? I know we're in, like, this, like, offensively saturated, you know, um, time in the NBA where, you know, James Harden can score, like, 30 every night, and that's, that's cool, right? But Kawhi, man, for him to score 20 in 18 straight games is, uh, it just shows it's a testament to how consistent he is and he really is unstoppable i mean the nets were battering him up and down he only got one free throw attempt i mean whatever he was still scoring he got his 20 points he got his 11 rebounds he got his assists to pascal siakam um danny green with some chase down blocks it was also nice to see good defense overall from danny three steals two blocks 25 minutes you know that's how he does and then for two threes like the exact perfect three and d guy but Really, the highlight from this game was because the starters were playing so well, you know, they could allow the bench to come in and thrive, and the bench came in and thrived. Like, it was like the Pacers game, right? Um, the bench tonight delivered a combined 60 points. Um, OG, 5 of 6 on the field, 2 of 3 from 3. Uh, it's still way from the free throw line, 1 for 4. I mean, that's not a surprise. That's kind of where he's at this year, but... Uh, really efficient with his offense, you know, picked the spots well. He had a great post-up against Kenneth Fareed or whatever's left of Kenneth Fareed. I mean, man, that guy's falling off. Um, one of Masai's biggest regrets, I think, in terms of signings, although he flipped him real quick. But, um, oh, no, he didn't flip him real quick. I, that, that, that contract stayed on the books forever. But um, I'm happy the Raptors, by the way, didn't end up uh, trading for Fareed. I feel like there was, like, a bit of a push for the Raptors to go get Fareed in that, like, 2017 year before we got Surge. It was like, we got to get somebody who was, like, Derek Favors or uh, players like that. No, no. <laughs> Just wait for Pascal Siakam to develop, and uh, that'll take care of itself. Also, Surge is not a bad option. But um, OG posted up against Fareed, uh, you know, got him with that spin move, completely lost him, and then went reverse layup with, like, a little scoop. I mean, it was real, real smooth. And, uh, you know, that's those are the kind of things where you look at OG and you're like, man, there is more potential there. You just got to really hone it down. You got to get him to stop being so sort of weirdly awkward with his movements. And, uh, you know, but you could you could see there's talent there, man. So there's that. Um, Monroe already mentioned he was great busting the zone. Powell was uh, very effective going to the basket. Um, you know, went over three from deep, but just really good at getting to the rim. Um, you know, keeping the pass in mind. Thought he was productive. He got a couple bogey fouls caught on him. Damari kind of jumped into his arms a couple times for threes. And I mean, I don't know, man. That's Damari's pretty good at baiting for those fouls. But uh, yeah, anyway. Um, Van Vliet was solid off the bench. 10 points, 6 assists, yeah, 3 of 8 shooting, 3 of 5. He had a really good move. I think he dropped Shabazz Napier or whatever. But he couldn't actually hit the shot, which is unfortunate. But 
you know, Fred back in a bench capacity, real solid, really helps the bench unit kind of just be steady. Obviously, Kyle coming back allows Fred to come off the bench finally, and it's been good. And then DeLon Wright. Um, the one thing I liked about DeLon today, I mean, first off, his energy changed the game. Three steals, a couple deflections, things like that um, was really effective. But um, he's kind of done this. I forget which other game he made a point to do this, but I think it was Cleveland. But anyway, he would like go into the post and then really, really make a point to post up against smaller guys, which today that was Shabazz Napier, who is super tiny. And again, every single day she should wake up and thank LeBron. But um, seriously, DeLon, I mean, he is obviously passive sort of to a fault, a huge fault, really. And he disappears in a lot of games. But like, come on, you're six foot six, you're six foot, you're almost six foot seven. Like you're a tall guy. Like you should be able to impose your way. Uh, and impose your will on some of these smaller guards. And um, I'm happy that he's sort of taken to these weird post-ups. It doesn't look pretty, but it doesn't have to be pretty, man. You just got to go in the post. You got to get a shot up. You got to put it on the glass. It's going to be a good shot for you. And for a guy who can't otherwise create a shot, that's probably something he has to look at. Like You just got to do that more often. But um, overall, great game. In terms of your three stars, man, I don't even know. I don't even know. There's a couple guys here. I mean... I guess I'll give Kawhi a first star. I mean, he was a plus 24 with 20 points, 11 rebounds, 4 assists in just 27 minutes. I mean, no big. Uh, I guess I'll give Pascal the second star, 16 points, 6 rebounds, 2 assists. Again, the, the numbers are depressed because, like, everyone else, like, just didn't actually play that a lot of minutes. So, you know, okay, cool, 16 points. And then your third star, I'm going to give that to... Give that to OG. Yeah. Good plays for OG. 13 points, 3 rebounds, 3 assists. You know, actually, no, I'm going to give it to Monroe. I'm going to give it to Monroe. There's, look, OG, you, you deserve it tonight, but Monroe just will never get that many opportunities to actually get one of these things. And whatever, these things don't matter. But, you know, I show, I'm going to show Monroe some love for helping the Raptors bust that zone defense that the Nets tried uh, to execute in vain. But, um, yeah, there you go. Kawhi, Pascal, Monroe. And then in terms of the Gerald Henderson Award, that's got to go to... Um, D'Angelo Russell, baby. He was solid. He was really solid. 24 points, 6 rebounds, 9 assists. He was good. He he was good, but, I mean, I don't know, man. <laughs> it faded. It, it faded real quick. It faded real quick with him. Um, also, one, one of the things that struck me watching this game was just, like, the, <laughs> like the, the disparity between the Raptors now having Kawhi Leonard versus the Raptors. Remember when we signed DeMar Carroll in 2015 and, like, the jubilation the sheer jubilation that the raptors beat out i think the pistons were really hot on him which should have really been a sign that this was not a good signing but because the pistons when do they get a good signing like it's literally never but um yeah that was like sheer jubilation the raptors got the right carroll he came in he talked about himself being the black kyle corver he talked about sort of how Dwayne casey wanted him to run more of the plays and sort of have more of a ball handling responsibility and i'm like man you know he's gonna be a great three and d guy you know, I mean, he can hit threes, he can defend, he's exactly what the Raptors need, he can play some small ball four, and then for like, I mean, look, it's not his fault that he got injured, and it's really unfortunate that his career has sort of like just basically been derailed by that, but also, man, like, like the way he left the franchise and then like talked about all the trust issues and stuff, I mean, like, yo, I mean, I would not trust this man either to shoot open shots. Do you see him today? Like, the amount of brick layups and brick threes, he got like a couple of foul shots because he was jumping into people's arms and it's like okay cool but like norm picked him off dunked it i mean you know that was satisfying to see og took it end to end got the rebound damari was right on him pressed on him og just took it 
end to end, unbothered by this three and D specialist and laid it in. Um, Surge blocking him at the rim. I mean, it was just to go from Damari to go t- and then get Kawhi Leonard is just the biggest glow up of all time. And uh, shit, I mean, that's the metaphor for the Raptors as a whole over the last uh, We the North era. I mean, compared to what it was before, I mean, obviously the Vince era happened, but. You know, the whole Chris Bosh era, which, by the way, there's a great open gym episode uh, remembering Chris Bosh. You know, he was back in Toronto for uh, the Mandela event. And so, you know, open gym was able to catch up with Bosh. And I thought he was really open and honest and just, you know, affable. I mean, he's a really likable guy. Um, and it's unfortunate, really unfortunate what happened to him health wise that had to end his career early. But, um, yeah, I mean, there was a lot of dark years, man, a lot of dark years. And then. The Raptors got Masai, and they glowed up. And then they glowed up even some more by going from Damari Carroll to Kawhi Leonard. Jesus Christ. Anyway, that does it for the podcast. I'm going to be back on Sunday. The Raptors play an early afternoon game in Washington, D.C. Uh, the Wizards had just defeated the, um, the Milwaukee Bucks. So thank you. Thank you, Washington. I mean, they've been all right. They're 5-3 and three since John Wall went down. It's back to everyone eats because Sadoransky actually you know moves the ball. They're actually passing. I looked at the numbers recently. They're passing the ball 50 passes more per game as compared to when John Wall was there and in the seven or eight games since. And, you know, Milwaukee didn't have Giannis today, and they actually made it kind of close or, you know, whatever. But, uh, I mean, hey, man, the Raptors have had lots of games without Kyle Lowry, without Kawhi Leonard, and they still win those games. And Milwaukee, you can't you can't go one game without Giannis, huh? Mm. This is what happens. I, I, I talk, I've already talked about it. Like, the Milwaukee Bucks have had incredible health. You're not wishing bad health on anybody, right? But like they've had incredible health. Let's just see what happens if they get some level of diversity. I just want to see. I just want to see. Eric Bledsoe, seven twenty one. Yikes! That's what a point guard should do for sure. Anyway, this is the podcast. Be back on Sunday. I'll recap that one, and uh, yeah, it's good times. <laughs>